This is Brian Steele, Preacher Boy, and I say you better visit without your head. <laughs> The station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by these fine fellows from Butterflies, which we're about to talk about. Josh Boyer. Hello. And Ryan McCoy. Hello. Greetings. Hello. So I uh, give people an idea of what Butterflies is about if they're not uh, familiar yet. You'd like us to do that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Butterflies uh, independent film. Um, that was, that's based off of a novel, young adult novel called Party that was published back in 2010, written by Tom Levine. And, um, that's it. You want to peel, <laughs> peel the next layer of the onion? You know what I mean? That's uh yeah, you don't want to give too much away of the movie, but you know. right. Uh, directed by, uh, directed and, sh- and deep written and produced by myself. I adapted the screenplay based off of the novel. I did the adaptation myself and in the correspondence of the adaptation the title got changed to butterflies and then it's directed by kevin stevenson uh, directed and shot dp'd by him um i think this was his fourth or fifth feature film he's been in the independent circuit as well i found him him and the lead actress uh sarah cat bellamy i found both of them uh by a film they collaborated together called uh, baby girl which came out i think 2018 19 so that's how I found them and then reached out to them. And uh, we kind of started the process. You know what I mean? Piece by piece. First, I had reached out to the author and gotten the rights and yada, yada. And that's, you know, just. So did you, you, you read the book and thought, you know, this is something I would like to have made into a movie. I actually found the author. Uh, so you're an internet person. You're familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Gary V. I think, uh, his work that he's been doing as a, a you know, documenting and kind of okay. right uh, vlogging and, and that kind of thing. Been doing it for quite a while. Businessman in New York. Um, when COVID hit, he started doing a live show on his YouTube, uh, bringing guests in stuff like that. And Tom Levine was one of his guests on there, and I saw Tom on there, and they were, you can go back and see the episode, you know. Yeah. And uh, basically, Tom was. I was, I identified with him, uh, uh, being a writer, just similar age bracket and stuff like that, just connected. And, uh, he was given his email out. And so I reached out to him. We had a, uh, very good conversation. He lives in Phoenix. I'm in Los Angeles. And, um, I just said, uh, after just connecting just in, in spirit, you know, I said, send me whatever manuscript, whatever book you've ever written, uh, that you just thought would make the best film and so he emailed me pdf of party i went in blind so i didn't read a back cover i had no idea what it was um just began i i just opened it just to look at it in the very first sentence in the book um is the first line of dialogue essentially uh that beckett gives in front of the church uh, I'm the girl nobody knows until she commits suicide. And then everybody's had a class with her, right? Mm-hmm. That's the opening line of the book. Okay. And, and it hooked me right away. We can get deeper into the reasons for that. But um, I read the manuscript within 24 hours. I remember it was a weekend. It was a fr- I got a Friday, read it, called them Saturday, said, I don't have any money right now, but I have and then one investor in mind, I think I can get some, you know what I mean? Da, 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 I yeah. think I can do the movie for, you know, this. And, I mean, we're talking crazy small amount. Um, and so he said, yeah, uh, you know, essentially, yeah, great. And, you know, this whole thing, the entire process, this entire film 
And anybody, I mean, we're a year away from this film being released to the public. And I promise you what the main thing that everybody's going to hear from anybody that you ask about the film, about the entire process is that this entire film is nothing more than a collaboration of trust, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Amongst each other in that uh, we all, everybody leaned upon anybody else at any given moment. You know what I mean? Maybe not all at the same time or whatever, but like, it was a spiral in terms of how this film actively was created. You know what I mean? The process mm-hmm. of it and the actual shooting of it and every, everything with it. So like, uh, uh, and beginning from very step one, the author, you know what I mean? Some random stranger, you know, I have a horror background, but not a background in drama. Right. Uh, trusting me to, to, to deliver the film, the investors who, you know, finally took a chance on me, just a lot of trust going on, you know? So, so uh, you mentioned uh, Kevin has done four or five um, features before. Well, what's your background in, in filmmaking? Mine? Yeah. Uh, well, I maybe you've heard of it, but I, I my biggest notch in the belt is a, a found footage horror film. I wrote and produced maybe 11 years ago now yeah. called Evidence. And that's a whole long story in and of itself. But uh, I've been in Los Angeles, Josh and I both, for about 12 years, you know just doing the grind of Los Angeles, but about uh, four or five years ago, um, kind of uh, saw a, a, a white space and opening in the digital world and didn't know a lot about it. So just began diving into it and learning YouTube channel creating. And just as I was progressively learning and doing things, I just kind of self-documenting the entire process really on my YouTube channel and anywhere else, you know, and, just kind of kept progressing through that, you know? Yeah. So how did the connection change everything right for everybody? Oh yeah, of course. People either jumped or they, or they, or they held back, you know? So, uh, I, I, I put the gas down even as hard, you know, even harder. So. Yeah. Before COVID, uh, cause I started the show in 2006 and we were just, you know, uh, audio podcast. And then, um, during COVID, that's uh, I never even actually heard heard of Zoom before that, but that's why you know we started doing the video, which uh, a lot of people have since. Yeah, it, uh, it's obviously changed everything. So, but uh, that's yeah, that's the kind of story of, of how you know what's gotten us to this point, and then just great uh, care. Kevin also uh, edited the film mm-hmm. himself, so uh, great care in terms of post production, the entire process of that very meticulous him you know still nurturing it and and you know all of us being open to ideas and not you know necessarily trying to bash anything just trying to make the best piece possible for you know we came together for a purpose for a reason for to tell this film so and uh josh what's your connection and uh how long have you guys known each other and worked together we've worked together about 10 years ago and then uh I've always been, my background was more in stunt work and acting. And then he was a writer. He was doing a movie back when we were working a job 10 years ago. Um, and of course, during COVID, like I've always, we've always been friends and always worked on stuff. And then uh, he brought me in and we just started shooting. It was what, a year, a year and two days ago when we started shooting butterflies. Yeah. So, and it was like one of those where. That was when the lockdown in LA was like about to start. And I was like, hell yeah. And uh, like a week, month before that left the job I was at and I was like, let's do it. So it was basically Ryan's uh, right hand man. They say, if you stick work. around me for long <laughs> enough, I will make you, uh, you leave everything and, and follow me. I'm like a cult leader. Can't you yeah. tell? Well, I thought you kind of looked like CM Punk, the wrestler who used to kind of do a cult leader kind of thing. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Might be the hoodie and stuff, but uh, so how about the director Kevin? Um, did you know him before the before the movie? No, and here's how I found Kevin. Sorry, I apologize for any construction going on in the background. Um, you know the the uh, uh, free service movie service Tubi mm-hmm. uh, streaming service. So the one and only time I've ever opened that platform, and the only product i've ever watched on it i was just scrolling through and saw the poster art for kevin's film baby girl having no idea but just a great great poster art that drew me into it 
And then um, I've just been watching the market in terms of film ever since like the mid nineties and, uh, and pay attention watching everything. And I, you, in doing that, you pick up little cues, little things that, you, you know, you find hidden gems, you know what I mean? You can see stuff that maybe the regular market can't. And when I looked at Baby Girl on IMDb, I mean, it had like a 2.3, 2.5 rating out of 10. And I said, okay, well, this has got to be either horrible, so right. bad that it's like I'll get enjoyment out of watching it, <laughs> or people just completely miss the mark. Which happens a lot, especially with independent films. Exactly. exactly. If it's like five out of 10, I'm not interested. Like uh-huh. Two out of 10, you got to work. You got Something's got to be in it to, for it to be that, right? It's got to either offend people or something. And so that's why I watched it. And um, so Kevin, again, didn't write that screenplay. Didn't write that, that script, okay? Just directed and DP'd, okay? And it's set in LA. Uh, Cat Cat Bellamy's the the lead in it again. It's it's urban. It's it's you know has this texture that I was that caught my eye. A youthful kind of connection, right? Um, and uh, uh, the 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 film is the the film. You know, say what you will about the story and the script and everything like that. Um, I can see why people downvoted or gave it that. But if you just focus on it from the director standpoint and the and the cinematography. The cinematography is urban. I mean, great. Kevin is a phenomenal cameraman, right? And, and lighter and DP. But then beyond that, as a director, I saw whatever, the, regardless of this writing of the scene, the completion of the scene, I saw a, a, every scene, saw a beginning, middle, and an end. I saw space. I saw room, uh, room to let the actors breathe and, and act space pauses in the, in the dialogue and the, you know what I mean? Just, just, I saw direction, you know, um, really great performances by relatively unknown, you know what I mean? Uh, actors. So doing, seeing all that, right. That maybe I don't think a lot of people can see. And then my confidence in my ability to structure a, a very well written screenplay, right. Mm-hmm. Um, based off already off of great, material because i had read amazon book reviews about tom's you know it's been out for over 10 years it has a real fan base um i thought if i could give him i combine all those things right those elements uh there you go so you know it's like poof i think it worked we got all the right elements in there and um yeah uh, what you said about him as a director is important for butterflies because it's very dialogue uh, driven and uh you know it's a lot of different characters and it has to look like these are people that uh, I've been around each other and also uh, the dialogue has to look real. Yeah. And can I give a, an example of mm-hmm. why, by the way, watching Kevin work as a director, Kevin's one of the, I mean, Kevin will mark my words, be known as one of the greatest like film director, like a Fincher, like a Tony Scott. I mean, he is a technical master on set. And, and here's an example of people like, what does a director do? Right. A lot of people don't know that. So the scene about 14 minutes in, right, with uh, Morgan and she comes home and her parents are there and the mom's baking cookies and dad's watching uh, TV. Right. And she's like, what's the fuss? OK, on paper, I'll show you the, the you can go and watch the uh, we, we uh, uh, the table read is on our my YouTube page. Right. So just the script, the dialogue's there, but like the whatever the scenes there, the dialogue's there it has its beginning, middle and end you know, the, the, the bones of it are there, but then we get on set and Kevin's like, all right, ready to shoot. And he starts coming up with these ideas. All right. Well, what's the motivation? What do we bring in? Well, what if we start with presents? Can we get presents? So we're buying wrapping paper, bringing boxes, you know what I mean? The day, of, you know, going into that night, blah, 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 the practice. And then, Oh, let's get some smoke. Let's get some ambience in here. What, what, what's the reasoning behind the ambience? Well, maybe she's burning cookies. Maybe can we get a tray? Like if you look that you can't really see cookies on the thing, but it doesn't matter. It's like, all of these elements, including the actual filming, again, go to our YouTube channel. There's a five minute, you'll watch five minutes of him directing that scene, you know what I mean? Between the actors, pushing them, motivating them, letting them go, not, you know, just mixing like a d- good director shoot could, should, um, getting it in the moment. And then, and then look at the scene now completed with all those elements in and compare it with what's on page. 
And you'll see that Kevin added at least a dozen, if not more elements to that entire scene, all for the same reason, the same core element that are there to help provide and drive the narrative. But like, that's just one example in that film of, of what Kevin did. And this, I mean, that's all real documented on our YouTube. Like anybody else can go and study this and come to the same conclusion. If they have any, you know, semi knowledge of film. But. Well, you said uh, a lot of people actually don't know what a director. I think a lot of people think the director really is the, the DP He's just shooting the, the film. They think that, or they think it's like the more the produce, you know what I mean? Like the absolute one in charge. Right. It's, it's, yeah. It's, and that kind of goes along. I feel like with this whole, magic you know that that has been that has existed uh between studio between all films hollywood <laughs> not sorry thrones between that and the public you know what i mean like the public has been showcased this this you know stayed this this dance of like it's impossible or nearly impossible you know you need a magic break or luck to golden opportunity uh-uh like, no, man, go and watch. It's just massively hard work, massive commitment, physical work, mental commitment, like focus, collaboration. It's the most beautiful process that exists and is literally able to like remove any like outside influences or, or, or decrees or anything like that. And a group of human beings come together for one singular to like try to show their feelings are you serious it's beautiful you know so like i just want the world to know that that's what the, they are you know and and stop being stop having their expectations so high and what they want to be delivered right mm-hmm. there was the frosting and and then give them the knowledge of 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 the actual work that goes into it and not 80,000 dudes sitting in front of a computer rendering graphics. You know what I mean? The physical work of trying to tell a story through a visual medium, you know? So uh, you said, you know, the first line in the book and you you were hooked right, right away. And then you said, you know, it was personal to you, which I actually had in my notes. I assume maybe there was a personal connection there. So is that something you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I'm very open with the whole story of it. I think the story elevates the film and you can almost see how it played out you know documented very well but um so the opening line right Mm -hmm. of the book is the same as beckett's opening line in front of the church the very second line she says in the film is like my first line of the film of the book right because what happened uh, a year ago, last year, at the end of last year, was I've lived a very uh, um, uh, solitary life in terms of, in ter- you know, in terms of uh, inside my head. Okay, mm-hmm. and and the last four or five years has been extremely well documented of me just trying to find answers after a single moment event that. I can point back to right about four and a half years ago. So, I mean, I've written books about this podcast. Like, I mean, everything, right. I'm very com- Just never with the answers, just saying this happened to me and my life has completely changed since then. And I've become an active, you know, searching for knowledge. Well, at the end of last year, right. It just, um, I mean, again, it's been documented, it's whatever, but it just, I just, it, was telling me the voice inside was telling me that my, you know, my completion to this existence in life was to uh, end, end it all. Right. And uh, essentially go up on top of a mountain. I was going to leap on off of it after throwing a knife into my gut, you know, life insurance taken out. I already worked in life insurance, so I know how to hide it. I know how it works to get that you know, 250 K cause I have a son that, you know, in my head, literally, this is what I was doing. I was saying, what story can I leave behind for my son? So it doesn't fuck up his life. So it motivates him to be great. Cause I know how great he can be in hindsight. That's the most ridiculous thinking ever. Right. Mm-hmm. But I needed to go through that shadow to go through that, that water to go through that, that, 
you know, gut-wrenching feeling and, and emotion and everything with faith, with nothing else but faith in myself, right? Mm-hmm. And, and an openness to, uh, uh, to the universe, okay? Directing me and, and being open to that. And, um, and overcame all that and, and, and didn't, didn't end up, you know, uh, following through with it. And, but was already in active pre-production for this film called Party, you know what I mean? That I wasn't even thinking, it wasn't even on my radar. This is going to be like my sophomore film. It wasn't even kind of there. It was always in the background. And all of a sudden I personally went to this experience, went through this experience. And that's when I took that feeling of knowing, like, I'm, this is it. I'm done, right? Taking that feeling and interjecting it into that story because it was already there from the first line, right? Mm-hmm. And, and. After I had done that, that's when I was like, I was like, this is butterflies instead. And I asked Kevin, he was like, yeah, it's a better title. Like I didn't come up with the title and then try to change it. You know what I mean? I just bared my soul into the screenplay and it changed itself. It morphed into like the butterflies, you know? Mm. And, uh, and then it was, and then it became fine tuning and drilling into that message and that story. And, and if you watch the film, um, I mean, I can also, I can sit next to you and show you the entire film actually all takes place inside of Beckett's head. The okay. film is me. Each one of those characters are a different representation. I was just going to say, uh, is Beckett the uh, one that you'd feel um, connected to, or is it really all the characters? Because I would assume all of them have different, you know, traits for yourself. He basically brings all the voices in her head together into this party to work it out just to, 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 you know what I mean? Just to go there, to go into the, the deck darkness not necessarily looking for one answer or another but just knowing she needs to bring it all together she needs to go there to to figure out what to do which is to end her life or not right and uh it's a beautiful ending it's a very uplifting ending it's you you know what i mean it's a positive the message is is there is clear and um and there's no real antagonist in the movie. Like no, nobody's perfect in the movie. So it's not like they're all, you know, saints or anything, but there's really no villain in the movie. Well, in, so, and in the book, you'll, if you read the book, you'll see all of the, um, the, all the moments that the characters are speaking to the camera mm-hmm. are done in uh, voiceover in the book, right. In inside the character's head. And when Kevin and I were in it, we, uh, we were originally going to do voiceover for a thing. Actually, the first adaptation had all that, but we uh, instead said, well, what if we have them speak directly to the camera? Right. Well, that raises the technical level of everything, the actors, and you know what I mean? The timing and stuff like that. These are non-professional, right? Bullshit, whatever actors. And, and, but we went with it, we committed with it. And then once we noticed we were doing, once we kind of saw in rehearsals that was happening, and I was interjecting myself. That's me speaking to the world. When those kids are speaking to the camera, when 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 Jordy is the actor, what's his name? Uh, there's Max and uh, Brent. Brent is the character, right? Max and Brent, right? The skateboards they open the film. When they're sitting there after they're eating the falafels and he's eating, and and Brent's looking at the camera, and he's like, "We dare you, we dare you." That's me, okay, saying to the world, "I dare you." To look into the mirror. I dare you to go where I went. Here I am. I'm showing, you know what I mean? Here are my scars. I'm bearing my, my wounds, right? But with the knowledge and knowing and understanding that life is a cycle, okay? That there is no ending to it. It's just forging through and transmuting and, right? And forging and rebirth, blah, 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 That that's me. And I wrote it at the time for, you know, it, it seems a little bit harsh, but that's just where I come from is I'm, I'm willing to bear all of the pain that I've suffered and endured throughout this entire lifetime in just the sheer hope that one child, one single person just hits and, and, uh, and, and alters their life and changes the other way, because I know the uh, strength and the the promise and the ability with inside every single human being. And I've been shown it so many times by all of these humans around me that I have given myself no other option other than to <laughs> blindly <clears throat> pursue this effort of 
of, of trying to connect with as many other humans as I can and shake them to that same realization, right? So obviously I'm doing it through my art, through writing is my kind of main thing, but then through a visual medium, there's no greater way to impact a human being than if you're able to sit them down and get their attention and feed them a story like that, um, it will impact, it will hit them, it will resonate in some level, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, fuck you, no, no, it's, that's dumb, suicide. Well, that's fear, that's a response at least, right? Or, oh my God, you saved me, thank you so much, you know, that's another response, just levels the same thing. Instead of, uh, you know, oh, they didn't say the catch line I wanted. You know, like, do you want me to throw this chair through the wall? Like, you see the frustration I've had as a <laughs> filmmaker living in Los Angeles for over a decade now, where I'm surrounded, surrounded by the lack of integrity. You know what I'm saying? And, and just by choice of, not just by God-given talent of what I was pushed into in terms of what to navigate and do with my life, right? I'm automatically lumped into that group, right? And, and anything that I do and produce is, auto oh, it's a movie? I'm going to look at it through these eyes that Hollywood have taught me how to watch film through. They have misguided our audience, right, for 70 years. And so there has to be a zero point, and I am that, you know? And from this moment forward, I promise you, film will change forever. And it's starting right here in Los Angeles, the birthplace of them, you know? Did you, um, did you, I mean, this, you can see he's not saying anything. If Kevin were here, he'd be agreeing as well. This is why we've come together. We're a very tight knit unit. And there's a reason we need to be so tight knit is we're, you know, we're trying to stand tall. You know, did you, um, did you explain that to the actors? Like, uh, you know, why they're doing like a monologue to the camera? Yeah. I mean, I told you like we can, bro, magic happened on that set. You, I mean, ask them, ask the right ones. And they'll be like, yeah, ask the crew. Everybody experienced something like, you know what I mean? Out of normal cat who, who cats, the, the scene where cat does on the, on the pier. Mm -hmm. I wasn't there. I couldn't be there on the pier. Right. I recorded a video of myself earlier that day on my phone and gave it to her before that scene. Right. That's all the <laughs> inspiration she needed. It was also December last year. I mean, this is when COVID in L.A. was like and we all came together and kind of had like this is what, two and a half weeks in, in December, right before lockdown, lockdown. And everybody was uh, reaching for something. You know what I mean? Last, like, last year or the year before? Last year. Last no, year. 2020, man. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was a hard time for everybody mentally and physically, you know, had that mindset. There's something new to the world where everybody was just kind of in panic mode of like what is happening right now. And, and then us idiots go out and film a movie in the middle of Los Angeles, you know, like when nothing was being filmed. Yeah. yeah. Cause I was in LA two years ago this week, actually um, filming a uh, my first feature and uh, it's been on hold because of uh, COVID and everything. But uh but the last year, yeah, because uh, my co-host is um, Trista, and uh, she can't be here uh, tonight, but she's an actress in L.A., and I know last year was really rough for her, you know, as a uh, full-time actress. This yeah. year's even worse. Yeah, it's, I mean, everybody's been, it's been a whole new game now. I mean, whatever you did before, it's just over, and everything's, everybody's been adapting. And unless you are one of the top, unless you're, you know, yeah. Ryan Reynolds or Tom Cruise, everybody else is, like, down here, like, what is going on? I mean, with the new restrictions and everything, like uh, they that's what a lot of my independent filmmaker friends, you know, say the restrictions, like if you're a big budget movie, you can afford to have, you know, all these things on set. But uh, if you, you have a small seen, budget, you just it's just testing possible. Like, the, no, like, I haven't. But you know, yeah. they come in boxes like this. Right. Two hundred and fifty, three hundred of them or something. Each one of them costs a hundred and something. Right. And, yeah. You know what I mean? And we no Pete, right? They're set PAs or work at universal parent, you know what I mean? Posting pictures on their Instagram or stories or whatever, like as if it's like a joke. And whatever it is, what it is, but it's like I'm just seeing dollar signs. I mean, like, how are we a ever able? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So this is why this is this is why. And and again, if you've been living in LA, if you've been seeing this, like there's a reason, like. 
the, the like a, a mass exodus of, of talented yeah. artists have left Los Angeles and right. gone back home or gone to, uh, you know, find greener pastures. Like besides the, like the five of us, like Brian, Kevin, me, you, like I, everybody, almost everybody I knew that was an actor or writing, they all, they, it, they're gone. And because as you're seeing, right. And we're all seeing everything can be done anywhere now. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm, and my belief also is like, I love Los Angeles. I loved, I don't know what it's turned into now. Um, but I also feel that my audience, my right. Um, like you can, you can literally throw us in the middle of any, I'll speak for this country, this only country I know you can throw us anywhere. Right. And we'll find a story. You can, I mean, there's a story in anybody. As long as you're telling it and fun- and storing it properly, and I think there are stories in just in this country, just in this land that you can touch. I think there are so many stories, hidden stories that that if 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 I mean, have you ever met a person and you just they just happen to like tell their story and you're like, I can't believe that you exist or you did whatever, you know. So many people have so many of the stories. I want to find those. You know what I mean? I want to dig through those. And I'm so uh, um, non-binary or, or absolutely well, binary when it comes to translating the material into a screenplay format. You know, it was just ironic too because Tom's book party. The day he contacted him was the day his tenure. He just got the book back. It was like yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Literally, like within a couple of days of that, his ten-year contract ending, and we we're like, and it for so it was very convenient on the timing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you mentioned you weren't there for the for the pier scene. Uh, what was it like to watch when you saw like a- after they filmed it? I mean, uh, oh, uh, not very much. <laughs> no, it, it's uh, it was it was difficult. It it uh, it came to get. It, we had to. Um, uh, go through a couple passes of the edit of the scene. Kevin did um, to, to capture the emotion of it. Right. Cat completely delivered. Um, We just had uh, some difficulty in terms of just lighting. And I mean, it was 300 feet out, uh, you know what I mean? Pier out there. I was freezing cold too. (laughs) So like the scene as a whole turns out perfect. And we also had the scene, the original assembly edit and in the See, in the script, also, it wasn't even that, it wasn't that rich. That was Kevin adding a lot of that. And in the original edit and in the script, that scene takes, like, happens before the 20-minute mark. So then in the edit, we put it, you know, later in the film it worked for. There was just, again, a lot of work, you know, nurturing to it. But I was there on set. I just didn't go to the pier when... Right, right. Going yeah. I, I think I, yeah, paid yeah. everybody. You mentioned uh, rehearsals and uh, something I, you know, took down in my notes is everyone seems like, uh, which is important when you have like an ensemble cast that everyone looks like, you know, that they know each other and they're, and they're comfortable with each other. Was that part of the rehearsals just to get everyone like, you know, they seem like they're, they're friends. Um, for sure that it was a lot of reasons. The boys meshed really well, really fast. Yeah. I think it was a lot of reasons. I think, uh, for that because there was a, a, a big concern was the the five boys right as we mm-hmm. call them because they're all always together essentially kind of right um and to like hit that high school boy i mean that's a very Bro. well that's a very like people have lived that you know what i mean they can spot if it's fake pretty mm-hmm. easily pretty quickly so that was a concern so it's bringing them together for that but also, here's another, I'm telling you, this is all praise to Kevin. Every single person that's cast or who the, the character they play was not who they auditioned for. Yeah. Oh, so really? Think about that. There's, there's yeah. Kevin literally, and I wasn't even here. I didn't care. I was like, cast whoever you want, bro. I don't care. I'm good. Kevin literally yeah. rearranged the entire casting of everybody in the film. I think that's how well he knew or just understood the characters and the and and then was able to see how where who would I think you know, his blend. ability ability to envision long term for the film you know what I mean because we're I mean I, I was saying oh they look great for this scene but he he had a whole character arc for everybody and like you said when the when the lady brought him in the audition and stuff he he literally was moving them oh no you're not playing him you're playing him and then we're like oh wow 
you know, we were playing check. I was playing checkers and he was playing chess, basically, you know, like I learned a lot just watching him. Um, you said, you know, you're a year away from uh, the movie, uh, you know, people seeing it. So what, what are the plans for butterflies? Uh, we're going to hit festivals next year. Uh, continue with uh, talking about it. And, and I say next year, which is really a month from now. So that's, uh, you know, is that uh, in, uh, how about in a year? Is it, yeah. Yeah, we, we want to release it probably, you know, as close to the fourth quarter next year. Okay. Christmas theme yeah, and just tying the right, right. Um, uh, if you, uh, uh, when we were filming it a year ago, I was documenting uh, on also on TikTok and posting a lot of TikToks, and we had a few of those blow up. And the hashtag we created for the film has like is at millions of views now. And and so I want to again, all I care about is getting this message into to teenagers of my again my country's only I, I haven't been really anywhere else in the world so i can't put myself or think of that but there's a lot of people in this country or not right teenagers i don't care about parents i don't care about i don't care about anybody i only care about teenagers watching this film so every single move i make is going to be with that intent in mind you know and this was even before that's why i was documenting on tiktok and showing that so my hope is that by continuing to be live here hello by <laughs> talking about it for another year again in space to breathe you know what i mean not trying to force anything to get what a return on investment this is beyond any return on you know a monetary return on investment so like uh just continue to try to reach them so that I mean, they, I know that they will see the truth in this. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I know they will feel that it was made for them. At least I'm really, really hoping that they feel that that connection. Have you had uh, uh, experiences before with festivals? Like, have you had uh, films and festivals? Um, uh, the horror film I did, I did some festivals uh, all over. And then in terms of... Uh, <laughs> Being present at, yes, I've been at a few, quite a few festivals, Sundance uh, 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 a few times. And um, uh, uh, yeah, but we're looking to, we just submitted to uh, Phoenix uh, next one, which is Tom's oh, that's town, hopefully yeah. author. So that would be great. And um, yeah, that's our plan for that. And then, and we already have distribution offers kind of coming in. And so again, navigating those waters with this, again, no more perfect. Who's going to, Oh, you're going to reach the target demo. Do you even know the target? You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff, right, right. negotiating that kind of stuff. But um, uh, uh, just in these early talks, everybody feels that, uh, you know, a later release for next year's is, is better because of the Christmas. Yeah. Thing. We, we, we jumped in on the Christmas. Thing. Yeah, that, that no, that works. It was weird. Cause uh, when you got the Christmas mu uh, music that plays, you know, in the score and, uh, you think of it as Christmas music, but it really adds a lot of tension. The, <laughs> by the, the way, I'm going to name drop real quick. Yeah. That uh, music was done by Nicola Enatucci, and she is my musical muse. She is one of the most baddest bitches <laughs> in the world. And when it comes to musical composing, uh, she and I have, have done a few pieces together. And um, she created that entire piece on herself with only very simple direction by me. It was, I need, uh, I, I just gave her the song. I don't even think I, I know her music. So she's called resin. If you look her up on Spotify or, or SoundCloud, she is, is incredible. I literally just told her, uh, the themes, right? Like suicide, mm -hmm. uh, Christmas and, uh, and, uh, Carol of the bells or whatever, you know what I mean? And um, gave her a rough time length. I mean, she cut the music, the original teaser trailer, and then we cut the footage to it. I mean, just and then we used it throughout the film. So anyway, I just want to give a shout out to her. She's no, it's um, yeah. It um, I never thought of uh, of that particular music like having that feeling, but it does. Uh, it, it, it's the kind of an uneasy feeling. My it's head, like bro. Things are building up, like you know, everything's gonna. Uh, what's gonna happen here? So, yeah. and that, the trailer actually uh, is great with with the with the same song. Yeah, I'm gonna say music. 
So, uh, so did you know any of the cast beforehand? Um, yeah, well, Kevin knew Kat. That, uh, they've worked together counting, but you know, four times now. That was their third, I think. Um, and then uh, a couple of them we had met before, like during the summer of last year. And then uh, Savannah, Mike, uh, again, if you go to my YouTube channel, you can see that little angel when she was 15. Uh, she was in a short film that I directed and we produced together like six years ago or something. Yeah, I guess it would be. Um, she has brunette hair. Uh, yeah. So I'd known her for a while and I hadn't even looked at her. I didn't know she had dyed her hair blonde. I was thinking about her for maybe a different role or something like that, but just kind of look, that's a large cast to fill, you know, yeah. it's a lot of kids and she is youthful or just age wise, you know? So like I was going to that and I opened up her IMDb and there she is blonde. And I was on the phone with Tom, the author. And we both looked her up at the same time and he was like, she's perfect for Ashley. And I was like, she's perfect for Ashley. So again, has, has Tom seen the finished movie? Yes. And he, uh, very much approves. He thinks it's very cool. Um, he's doing some really cool stuff, really, really cool stuff with his novel because he's kind of relaunched it since he reacquired the rights. You know, I don't know if he republished it on his own or whatever, but he's got like comic books yeah. now. He's doing like, he's wanting to expand on these characters and uh, kind of capitalize on that. Uh, I mean, we look in the same kind of demo. You remember being a teenager in the 90s? Like, it was fun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. like I graduated in 94. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so like, uh, uh, you know, capture that kind of, uh, essence or at least show that to the youth today. I think, you know what I mean? Like, where are they seeing that? Like they're not, they're being told it from their parents, you know what right. I mean? But you know, yeah. And a lot of the, uh, stuff that does do the nostalgia, it's, it's a, it's just like, Hey, here, here's a Rubik's cube and here's like stuff, but it's not necessarily the, really the feeling of that time. Again, and and you don't really see a lot of nineties. It's mostly eighties nostalgia. Yeah. It's all the frosting of those that, you know, not the, not the real essence of it, the feeling of what it was. So yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just like nonstop that. the music and, and just like things and yeah. Do bad pants or something, but not, yeah, not the actual, how you actually felt it during the time. It was a very specific time. Um, are you actually from LA or did you move to LA? No, I'm actually speaking in the nineties. I'm from, uh, uh, Everett, Washington, just North of Seattle. And so, uh, you know, Oh, well during the nineties, there was uh, some music. Now you see where all the hood uh, <laughs> right. everything is missing is my flannel. Right. But that I try to stay with the times. <laughs> <laughs> I still wear flannel. Sometimes people say I look like nineties, but jealous. Yeah. Plus, I, it's it's cold here. I'm I'm in Massachusetts. Yeah. I don't know how to ride a skateboard though. I oh, I, I don't either. So. <laughs> I, I I started to learn more because we kind of had it put it in the film right and yeah. the actors I think didn't really know and they had to practice so we we had why, a lot of skateboards. Why do we end up having a skateboard scene in everyone? Oh, Ke that was Kevin again. Yeah. Uh, he because he just wanted skateboards like kind of a, keep with the town. We just yeah. shot in Florida, and then one of the main characters, a girl, she skateboards in it. And I guess we do open up butterflies with two majority and then skateboarding. So, huh. so what was the decision? To, when was the decision to go to L.A.? And uh, how, was, how was the transition going from Washington to L.A.? Um, I, uh, I made a film, uh, my first film, right, outside, right out of uh, film school. I went to the Art Institute in Seattle, uh, which doesn't exist anymore. Uh, <laughs> the institute i don't know the city might still be there uh made it up there in seattle and then it got into a festival here in la and so i came down here for that. i knew one person like a friend of a friend like my brother's friend in high school his little brother like lived in la so you know that one connection um and uh and it's everybody who's moved here I, I say this and it's true. Uh, Los Angeles is a, is a magnet. Okay. Like, and, and it's a magnet for, uh, for uh, faster race, faster thinking minds or quicker, broader mind. I don't know what to say, but it is a magnet, right? 
um, I think maybe a magnet for people who want to make change, you, you know, have this internal drive to like do something, be something, right? Good intentions. Everybody moves to Los Angeles with good intentions, thinking that's the gateway for them to be able to do all these nice things, you know? Um, so like if you're one of those type of people and you literally step foot in the city of Los Angeles, especially in some of the Hollywood or Santa Monica or Beverly Hills or the beach, you know, anything like that, you it's, it's, it, it, it bring it's mesmerizing. It's so gorgeous. It's so beautiful that the land itself is, is strengthening. You know what I mean? Has history. Like uh, the city was just founded just, you know, not like with bad intentions, just, with greedy intentions from the get, you know what I mean? Like the, literally the aqueducts, like how the water was brought to this place of land was done through corruption, you know? So what do you expect the entire city to do? But um, so, you know, yeah, once you're here and you're one of those people, you come here and that's why LA is filled with so much suffering. You know, people either die, kill themselves, kill, you know, do something, cry, go back home. Literally Joshua and I have had, Two people now that we know personally, very, very close to us that have been in Los Angeles for years, whose mothers, they're grown ass men, whose mothers have come to pick them up and take them back home. That's how broken, that's how much the city will break you. And whether you're in the industry or not, it affects everyone, everyone. I mean, there's fucking billboards the size of buildings for this ridiculous films that have ever been created in history of film like they're making the stupidest moves that have ever been made in history of cinema right now in this very time right mm-hmm. and you and they're all and they're putting they've never had bigger posters of it am i the only person who is seeing this <laughs> I'm in I'm in Massachusetts, so I don't. I was only there a couple times, so I, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> you're fortunate because like there are millions of people. I drive you know an hour here on the 405 every day to come to meet here. You know what I mean? And that's just all I see. And that's all that's there. Um, Makes me think of they live. A dude, a hundred percent. Yeah. Why do you think all these people are like bouncing out? But um, so, yeah, that's, you know, it, it has been by, you know, the skin of my teeth that I'm still here and have survived LA. And, and I am one of the very few who decided to stick around to this point, but that's, yeah. I'm realizing now as soon at its end <laughs> as well, there is no hope. Like it is, you know, well, I, came, I came from Pennsylvania from Pittsburgh University. I think 12 of us moved out here and nobody's left <laughs> but me. Everybody has, I mean, most time, what if they say, if you survive the first two years, you have a good chance. I think, I think eight people moved home the first year. Like, it, you know, like you said, it, it's not an easy city. It's pretty brutal, you know, especially because you're so, your head's so full of the, the right, right. And, you know, kind of the cliche, you know, you're going to go out there and become a, a movie star or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, this is really, really hard. <laughs> not only that, it's impossible <laughs> unless you want to sell your soul. Like, literally, you know what I mean? For, and by sell your soul, I mean, like, sign with a major agency. You know what I mean? Like, they control it all, but they don't. You can't control art or an art form. It's just an art form. You know, it's just an expression, you know? Uh, like, the music industry, right, tried to control all of music. Mm-hmm. Can't contain art. It, it will find a way, right? <laughs> Jurassic Park. <laughs> right, right. So uh, obviously, uh, butterflies is your your main thing. But are you guys working on anything currently? Yeah, lots as much as we can. We shot a second project, kind of the same team, little variations on it. Uh, he mentioned it project that we shot in Florida called Bugs that I had wrote about six years ago and continued to kind of morph and do its thing. Completely different genre, completely different uh, location, area, space. Same uh, presence of theme, uh, same kind of dirtiness, if you will, of rea- of just of of those themes. You know what I mean? Not trying to hide or soften or anything, and also not trying to have any opinion on it. Just speaking about it and just putting it in the story. You know, 
um, that trying to do another one. And then, uh, I mean, yeah, we, uh, yes, with lots of projects, uh, uh, butterflies was definitely that first domino that, that hit that, uh, you know, I believe is just going to cascade down. I've been, I've been the first time I had a film that hit right. Everyone's radar. Mm-hmm. I had nothing else. <laughs> I, and I thought like, Oh, that's all you need. You just need to make it. You need, right? you need, it. Yeah. Yeah. And that crashed hard. What did you say? The first thing they asked you, well, what else do you got? Yeah. And you're like, uh. So this time I have like, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm more than prepared. And I thought it was other people that were going to be making or I was going to, oh, no, it turns out we're just all going to funnel through, through, through here, which is cool, you know, because, you know, I'm excited for that. Yeah. So you said it's a different um, genre. What genre what is Bugs? Horror, again. Yeah. But uh, uh, like more of like, authentic real horror in terms of like uh, 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 like a Hitchcock or Kubrick or, uh, you know, things of that. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it was, it's inspired by the birds. Uh, and um, we had an animal wrangler, Jules. He's amazing. Um, works on all major sets. We had what? Yeah. So real bug, right. We're not seeing anything. Yeah. Right, right. Right. You know what I mean? Snakes, actual giant bugs cool that are there always present you know, really weird you said i have a couple of flies flying and it's i don't know why there's flies in the middle of winter here yeah, in Massachusetts. yeah, yeah again but that is uh that project is is uh imp- that project is in like a homeostasis period right now because when we got back uh we shot in florida south florida miami and the keys and the everglades yeah. like we shot all over florida right downtown everywhere and when we got back and we started putting it together, we just, I mean, we really loved everything that we had. And because I've had this story for so long, it's gone through several iterations. First, it took place in Los Angeles and was here. And then it was on a boat and then Florida parts, you know what I mean? Mm. That there's so much story that still revolve around the same thing that uh, I don't know, there might be a chance if we can, you know, if somebody finds, you know, if somebody, uh, if we find the right inspiration or, or you know, mode to, to move it that way, there might be an opportunity to expand what we shot into more material. You know what I mean? Whether that be m- more films or, m- you know, we've never done a series. I don't aim for series or TV really ever, but like, I'm, you know, there's still a way I think to connect that message and get it across. If you keep it limited, short, contained, you're not trying to repeat seasons. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you just need a little bit more time to to fully tell your whole story. I get that, you know. So that's kind of yeah, what like I'm, an eight hour story as opposed to an hour. Right? Hour. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, something like that. That yeah. uh, you know. And um, on a practical level, I've been told a few times by an independent uh, filmmakers that. Uh, um, the streaming sites like series because it's more content for the uh, for their platform. I mean, it makes sense. You know, uh, I don't really know. Well, I don't know the streaming game. I, you know, it's like I don't know. I try not to really put too much energy into that because I look. I want to build my own OTT. Right. That's my goal. So like whatever happens, like that's where I'm going to go eventually. So whatever dance I need to play until that point, you know, okay. You know, so like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's another thing from people I know. Uh, Not that long ago, Amazon was pretty good for independent films to stream on, but now it's. Well, Amazon, Amazon was open to anybody as of until like a couple months ago. And now they're changing the game because they were so flooded with, everybody that's shooting anything yeah they upload, they they're like, they're so short mind everybody's so short. maybe netflix is actually the only one that's playing a long game i think netflix is gonna win it all uh but amazon right in their mad rush to try to beat netflix's subscription numbers right because that's mm-hmm. kind of the only thing they share they opened a portal so that anybody could get their film on amazon right and then yeah, they did exactly what he said, which fl- and now what does the consumer think of Amazon? It's right, just right. riddled with garbage. <laughs> so Amazon now has cut that off and made it basically just as hard to get, uh, you know, as to get onto Netflix. So now they like close it off and now they're going to start weeding out. But it's like, I don't know, man, they, they just, they, but yeah. 
but they're they're I, I mean I, their problem is that their original content is still held under their they're still trying to keep a creative control over it still from the studio debt heads down that's why their original content is not dropping as many bombs as netflix is because what's netflix doing grabbing fantastic filmmakers from big studios or tiny independent right because they know the market and giving them lots of money and full creative freedom or as as much creative freedom as you'll find anywhere else in the studio realm right and what are you getting from that i mean some of these great directors like i mean some of their best content or at least some of the best content they've done in 15 years. I mean, you know, you've taken away censorship, really, because you have to, you know, it's like, uh, man, growing up, we had HBO and Showtime where, like, you, you, people could swear. No one really watched. Does anybody watch, like, live 8 o'clock shows anymore? <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but, like, now Netflix and Amazon, you, you, there's no, literally, you can say, do whatever you want. Yeah. You know, it's, so it, it's completely changed since we were young. I guess younger, I guess we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it is weird. I remember, you know, you wanted to be home a certain time or, or try to set the VCR, which wouldn't yeah. always work out very well. You know, it was kind of a, a 50, 50, if it would work out, but I can't even, now it's like crazy to even think, Oh, I've got to be home at eight o'clock on Monday to watch something or other. Like, <laughs> I remember the lineup, man. I'm like Tuesday, Wednesdays, the like eight to 10 o'clock. They had all the, all the new series, half hour shows, you know, but like that's, that's completely gone and lost forever like that. Yeah. I don't even know what channel some things are that I watch. I just, you know, I just have them <laughs> recorded on DVR and then I watch them whenever I want to, but so that's, that's my theory. Right. Mm-hmm. This is, I mean, I guess this is, this will explain my, my actions of the last five years or whatever is again, kind of seeing this kind of coming or formulating, not maybe knowing exactly where it's going to go, but kind of a direction like uh, very soon, the middleman is going to be completely erased and it is going to be from artist to community, right? Mm-hmm. And whether that community is a hundred people or a thousand people or a hundred thousand people or a million people, it's not going to make any difference to every member of that community or to the one member whose community it is, because to them, it's going to be, it's always going to be the biggest community that they've ever had. And to the community, they're always going to love the creator because they're the ones that deciding to follow them. They're not being told you have to look at this guy or follow this celebrity or do what he said, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're choosing to listen, watch. You are an independent artist, creative yourself. Every one of your subscribers, your listeners, do it because of you, right? right. Not because somebody told, that would be nice, right? right. Hey, listen to this fucking guy. Yeah. He's awesome. But like, uh, so it's just, we just need to be patient. It will turn that way. And then we're going to see real growth as a species. You know what I mean? Because you're going to have not one or five, you know, funnels to get your content, entertainment, any of that shit. You're going to have 5,000, right? Mm-hmm. And you can be individually subscribed to, I mean, beautiful, the direction we're going. We're just in the thick of it right now, you know? Just, I remember when I started the show, it was 2006, and like a lot of, not a lot, but a lot of the older people wouldn't want to do the show because it wasn't radio. And now to think that it's like totally opposite because like who, would someone rather be on a podcast that's worldwide or on, you know, like a radio show out of Newark or, you know, whatever, like, you know, who, who would want to do that unless it's for like a local event, you know? But uh, back then it was like, oh, if it's not terrestrial radio, I don't want to, you know, do this. But it's that's like, and if I, I don't know, probably most people don't even know what terrestrial radio even means right now. When, when I mention, most people aren't even terrestrial. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> but yeah, you know, and you were talking about TikTok, and I know people always tell me to get on TikTok, and I always think it's the crate challenge and, and cats and stuff. But uh, you, you're talking about putting up all so kinds of content. I have been on that platform since it was musically right. I've, oh. Years I've been on there and, and, uh, and then, okay. And then I'm kind of paying attention to like what the rest of the world sees, not following, you know, but just catching tuning in every now and then of like, what are they saying compared to like what's actually happening. Right. And 
2019 started building. Yeah. And then COVID hits, right? And what was 2020? The year of TikTok blows up, right? And breaks out. Okay. I had already been consistently putting content on there. And so, and then we shot and then boom, that kind of blow. And then I saw the power of it, of immediate community, able to connect to all my other platforms and things like that. Um, And now, and then this year, uh, so this year became like an entertainment space, like TV, right? Like everybody learning like, oh, I can juggle. I can do this. Something yeah, creative. Way, I'm with you. I can't watch another dance video, man. Like, but you guys aren't, but no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I just didn't know yeah, there was I'm other things on there. So yeah. I'm explaining to you what's, what's happening on TikTok. It's, I know, but that's the first thing that normally pops up no matter who you was just like, oh, so you just get it. And then you have yeah. to go, He's not using it the way it should be used. There isn't, there is no should is my point. And now what it's, what's happening right now on the platform is people are real. A lot of people have already realized this and now are trying to share this knowledge with everybody else on TikTok is, and this goes to my theory since when I started this all is that every, we don't need celebrities, bro. We don't need celebrities. Every single human being is really entertaining and engaged. Like when you sit and talk to other human beings, that's entertaining and engaging. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, and TikTok now is morphing into that and is proof of that. And now you have people saying, stop trying to make content. Just talk to it. Just be yourself because that's what's connecting. That's what, that's what will make somebody sit and watch your thing instead of swipe it, right? Now, so the ability to skip something has never been faster that when we see something that's cookie cutter, you know what I mean? Even if it's very well post-produced or whatever, we've seen it a thousand times. You know what I haven't? Quentin Tarantino. What has he been saying for 30 years in every Q&A? I want to see your story, your film, the story. you. This is what he's talking about. No two human beings can tell the same story. It's impossible when it comes from inside out, from their truth. So that's, that's the, like, uh, trust me, next year, TikTok's going to look completely different. This is my prediction of it because more people are going to realize oh i don't need to see a therapist i can just speak to my phone and i get positive reencouragement like the communities on tiktok are fantastic it's so positively reinforced i'm gonna i'm gonna look into tiktok put something about the show i do (laughs) have have no status whatever it's just no no i have a tiktok video i actually did i did the crate challenge but what i did was i just put a bunch of them in one straight r- row and walked just across it. See, I don't even stupid, know. But, but people, uh, people yeah, took it serious. It was, I thought it was funny. People got some really hurt doing that shit. Though. Yeah. Well, they put, you're supposed to put them up in a triangle and climb in it. And so I just put them in a straight line and walked across it. But. <laughs> I don't think they like what I have to say on TikTok. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. But if people, people watch it, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, so, uh, where can people follow butterflies and yourselves to see, uh, you know, uh, the progression and where it will eventually be able to be seen. Uh, so Instagram is doing, uh, uh, we're pr- pretty good on there, uh, at the butterflies movie. And then, um, if you look at the hashtag butterflies movie on TikTok, you'll see how the whole thing was made, you know, essentially videos from, uh, everyday filming, different stuff. So that's kind of cool, I think. Um, and then uh, Rhino Rider, uh, youtube.com slash Rhino Rider, R-Y-N-O-R-Y-D-E-R, is where you can see the table reading before we shot. Man, you Tom, can see, Tom that yeah, Tom uh, uh, narrated it. Um, uh, we li- I live streamed for hours from my laptop from behind the set. So you could sit and watch for hours of us just working. Um, and we have people from Florida. The, all the trailers are there. Um, you know, uh, those spaces. Um, now, now on on your Instagram, your, page. your channel, <laughs> your your this this broadcast. Uh, mm-hmm. Anywhere else, man? Yeah, very cool. Well, um, is, and the one I saw is that that's the final version of the movie that you're gonna go to go to festivals. That's what it, it is right now. Right. Yeah, that's what we're we're we'll be screening this. Uh, any major changes i I think we're pretty nailed into you know dialed in very cool well it was cool to talk to both of you and i look forward to seeing uh more stuff in the future be cool to have you guys back at some point absolutely absolutely anytime it was a pleasure thank you uh for 
uh, your time. Yeah, definitely. It was a, it was great meeting you and uh, it was really interesting talk with you. And uh, it was funny. A lot of the notes I took down, you just covered before we get to them. So. <laughs> you know, it's my, my special ability. Read yeah, your mind. What was your, what was your opinion of the movie? Yeah. Give us a quick 30 seconds. Oh, no, I, no, I, I liked the I liked the movie because I, it's dialogue driven, which I like. And um, I also liked uh, that it was uplifting. I assumed it was going to be uh not that I'm against a movie that's uh, that isn't, you know, a movie doesn't have to be uplifting to be good, but, but I, I like that it, that it was because you didn't expect it to be. And I also like that everyone was likable. Uh, even some of the people who aren't necessarily, don't necessarily do likable things. Everyone's, you know, relatively likable. And uh, I just thought it was, a, and it kept me, uh, it kept me, you know, watching it to see uh, how everything turned out. What happens, yeah. see? That's yeah. great. Appreciate that, man. Yeah. Really do. Yeah. And it does feel, even though it's weird, because I said it feels uh, realistic, but then you also have people talking right to the camera, which maybe not isn't re- actually realistic. But uh, Bro, what is real anymore? <laughs> Hello, I don't even know if you exist. We're, we're not even we, in the same we, thing. What's happening? Everybody we talk to in the fourth wall break has come up pretty. And some people love it, and other people, you know, are just like, I can't get past it or... No, I think it, it works because you have it right away. It, I, that part almost it feels like, like it could be a play, I think. Um, that's exactly yeah. what we thought exists. That's why when we, like I said, when we decided to make that decision artistically, we knew it was like, hey, that's going to technically elevate it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. now they got to hit marks specific. You know what I mean? Like, they're, dude, that one shot outside uh, after the bedroom thing and, and Ryan gets punched. And Ryan comes running out onto the street as the car yeah. chase off and the camera moves as he runs and catches him in the middle of the street. And then he turns around and delivers a line to the camera and we pull focus on that. Mm-hmm. A bunch of independent slucks like guerrilla filmmaking and in, in, in a lockdown, right? Pull off this like beautiful, like sweeping, moving, like cinematic shot piece and, you know, pinpoint focus. Like, you know, it's pretty cool, you know? Yeah. We did. I dug it too. All right. Very good. It was very good to talk to you guys, and we'll do it again. Have a great day. Take care. Bye.